Ever since we started using relevance online marketing, I could see a drastic improvement in our SEO. I mean, we are ranking so much higher when searching for dentists in our hometown. We are seeing more new patients and certainly someone you should give a, give a look at if you're considering new marketing companies. Just absolutely awesome. I would recommend relevance to any practice owner who wants to see what proper marketing can do for their office. I want to thank Dr. Paul Etchinson for introducing me to relevance marketing. They've done a great job, very thorough. I'm happy with the results. Thank you guys for all of your help. We never truly realized how powerful this could be. It's really changed our business for the best. I think they're definitely worth every penny. Easy to communicate with, easily accessible, does what I ask, and even shows me some reports when things are going a little bit off track and what they're doing about it. You know, it's just a level of service I just haven't really received from other marketing agencies. Since we've been using Relevance, we've seen a tremendous growth in our business. I would recommend their services to just about anybody. Search engine optimization uh, and getting your ranking on Google to be the highest it can possibly be. The efforts uh, by Relevance and their team and the efforts and the things that they've done with the, uh, the SEO as well as the social media. Highly recommend it. So what are you waiting for? This is Dr. Paul Etchison telling you to get a free consultation with Relevance. As a listener of the podcast, you get the first month free and there is zero obligation to continue if you aren't blown away. Make this the year you grow your practice to the next level. Go to RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com to set up a free consultation. That's RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com. Welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes Podcast. We're here on Monday, April 3rd. I hope you're kicking off a great week. I know I am. Wanted to give a shout out to a few people who gave a review on my new book, Dental Practice Hero 2. I want to give a shout out to David Isham. He is a awesome dude, awesome guy in San Diego. He's actually been a guest on the podcast and somebody I talk to and keep in touch with pretty regularly. And he put, experienced dentist, wish he had this book when he was starting his practice 20 years ago. Thank you so much, David. I want to give a shout out to Beth Herko. She said, I loved the Audible. I want to give a shout out to Rajiv Puri. He said, amazing dental office handbook, a must have. So thank you so much for those of you that are purchasing the book. If you did purchase the book, please leave it a review. It just means so much to me. And I'll give you a shout out on the podcast. So. Today, I want to talk a little bit about accountability. When we create an amazing dental office, we continually grow towards providing the best and most optimal patient experience. And we do this by noticing when we drop the ball on somebody, when we have issues, and then we look at them, and then we come up with solutions. And that's where we create systems or a standard operating procedure for that dimension of the practice. So that doesn't happen again. So we should never have that issue again, right? No, wrong. You will have that issue again because your team will either make a mistake or they just plain won't follow the protocol. And that's something that got me thinking about just accountability because I had an instance in my own practice very recently, as well as a coaching client's practice that got me thinking about this idea of backstops, backstops for systems, that systems need backstops for accountability. And this is only for the systems that are working, but then they don't work because people don't do them. They don't get done. So we have a great system, but it's not being followed. So then you start having issues. So this is what I feel that you should do when you have these things happening at your practice. And we all have them, okay? So first, let's look at why systems don't get followed. This is where you have to go to the people that are supposed to be doing something 
and you find out why it's not being followed. You have to just ask them non-confrontationally, like let them know. I just truly, I want to know why this isn't getting done. I just want to understand. I want to understand why. Help me understand why. I'm not upset about it. I just want to know why so that we can work and move forward with it. And then you just listen. And this comes from my book, this this next part. Systems, they often don't get followed because of one of the four following reasons. And these are not ranked. This is just the first one. The first one is just lack of team participation, meaning you didn't include the team in the system, so they have no ownership of it. And they didn't put anything of themselves into the system, so they don't follow it because it's really not how they want to do things. So coming back to that, you just need to include the team on creating this. And that's why you're asking people, hey, what's going on? Help me understand why. Help me understand how we can get this done better. You're trying to involve the team. The second one is lack of clarity or understanding, is that the team just doesn't understand it. They don't understand the rules of the system. They don't understand what they're supposed to be doing. They don't understand how they're supposed to do the system. So that happens a lot too. The third one is that the system, the why has not been identified. We never figure out why this is important to do. We never figure out why it's important for the patients. Now, it's going to be important for the practice as well, but every system we have should be important for the patients as well because it, that's what's patient first. It's got to be work for the patients. The fourth reason is that there's no tracking. There's no accountability and there's no backstop. That's what I'm going to talk about in a little bit. So let me talk about a system in my office that's not currently being followed very well, and it's pre-collecting for appointments. My team, we have a very large front desk team. I think there's about 11 or 12 of us. They are supposed to be, and we had this button down and it was perfect, and then slowly it just kind of erodes and slowly people don't do it. And guess what happens when they don't do it and nothing happens? Why did I need to do that anyway? So you have to revisit these things. And sometimes people say, I can't believe you had these issues at your office. Yeah, dude, my office is just like yours. It's run by people. There's people in it. And we make mistakes. Sometimes we get lazy and sometimes we just forget. My team, if the copay is greater than $400 or it requires more than an hour on the schedule, then we want to collect the entire copay the day it's scheduled. Okay? We're supposed to do that. Now, if a patient has an issue with that, we will have an ace in our hole and we will say, hey, you know what? We can do half and you can pay half the day you come in. But I don't want to do that because then that means that I have to take two payments. I have to take a payment today and I have to take a payment on the day of the procedure. So we don't want to do that. All right. This was a system created by my entire team. We were all involved in it. So when we look at those four reasons why it wasn't being followed, lack of team participation is not one of the reasons. But the other three definitely are important. So let's go through those. Now, first, clarity and understanding. Now, a lot of my team members were uncomfortable getting these payments. They didn't really understand and have clarity around how they ask for it. How do they do it? They didn't have the verbiage. They didn't understand the rules. So we had to revisit those rules, but we also had to come up with some solid verbiages and also like, what do we say when the patient says this? So we create a document that says that, all right? Second, the why, all right? The why of this system, why we pre-collect is because the patients show up. That's a really good reason, but that's more for the office, right? But it's also for the patients because they respect our time, but they're also respecting the time of other patients who want to be seen. But also, it allows us to stay on schedule when we pre-collect because it allows the patient to come in, sit down when they get there, do the procedure, and leave. So they don't have to do all this financial stuff. It also prevents the misunderstandings about finances, and you know these have happened at your office. Let's give some examples. Let's say you don't pre-collect but you collect the day of, right when the patient walks in, 
And then there's like a discrepancy or a misunderstanding about how much they had to pay. Well, I thought I had to pay $50. You're telling me it's 500 Wait, hold on a second. No, 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 no. This is not what you said. No, this is not. Now you have to go through and explain why it's this way. And then also you might have to do some like financing. You might have to do like a payment plan. Now your patient that was supposed to be sad at nine o'clock might not get into the chair till like 9.30, 9.40. And it sets your whole day behind. Now you're running around like crazy. You're taking not the best care of the other patients because you're trying to catch up. So it affects every single patient on your schedule. So that's why you don't want to collect on the day of the appointment. Okay, so you then say, well, dude, just seat the patient and collect after. Okay, let's examine that. Now, what if there's a financial disagreement there? What if it's like the patient thought they were going to pay 50, but now they have to pay 500? Do we like go through the treatment plan at that point? They already had the work done. And then like, say they're not cool with it. We go, okay, well, I'll take back the fillings I just did and you can schedule when you're ready. No, we can't. We already did the work. So now they're in a really crappy situation where they may not have said yes to it if they had to pay that much money, but they already did say yes and they already had the work done. So now they're just pissed off. So collecting after the appointment is the worst spot you can do it. So the only way that we can stay on time and make sure that there's no disagreements in the expectations about costs or anything like that is that we arrange everything and have it taken care of before the appointment is scheduled. Now, because my team understands that why, why it's important that we do that, now they can more effectively talk about it and not feel like it's a bad thing because it's for the patients. Hey, one of the things that our office is really important for us to stay on schedule. And the only way we can do this is by getting all the financial stuff out of the way before the day of the appointment. All right, so it's very easy to talk about now. Now, here's where the backstop comes in, the other reason, the, the accountability piece. I told all the assistants and the doctors that I don't want to burst spinning unless it's paid for. So if they see a patient and that procedure planned for the day, they're not completed on our PMS, meaning that the front desk didn't complete the appointment and they didn't make sure the account is whole. They, I mean, they'll see that this appointment's still colored and it's not grayed out on our schedule. Then they're to walk up to the front desk after they numb the patient and have somebody walk back and take that payment. Now, I had to catch people doing this. I would see it. I'd see somebody see the patient and then I'd go, hey, and I check the account. I say, hey, this isn't paid for. You guys got to make sure it's paid for before you come back. Okay, so they'd be like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about that because they're not used to it. But I had to catch some people doing it because they weren't checking because they're paid on production. Now, when I was the only doctor there, I checked this all the time because it mattered to me. Now, an associate being paid on a production, it doesn't matter if it gets collected or not, but who gets the shitty end of the stick when this doesn't get followed? The front desk. The front desk has to deal with all these issues. They have to deal with the upset people. They have to deal with cramming out of a payment plan right on the spot. I'm running out of time here, but I want to talk about another situation that came up with the backstop, having that section of accountability, someone else to watch over the system and hold people accountable. Because in this example I just gave, all the people on the clinical end are holding the people at the front accountable to take these payments. Now, another situation that came up with the client's office is that things were being billed under the wrong doctors. And who does this affect? This affects the doctors because they're compensated on production. So the owner doc would go through all of the day sheets at the end of the week and correct all these things, which took a lot of time. So that system needed a backstop. The doctors and the assistants need to check this and make sure it's correct the day of the appointment. And if it's not, they need to change it, not the owner doc. That's the backstop. Because if they don't, they might not get paid on these things. This, is, this matters to them. It should matter to them. So they need to make sure they're checking it. So that's the doctor and the assistants. Put it on the assistants. But the doctor needs to hold the assistants accountable. That's the backstop there. 
the owner's got plenty of things to do, doesn't need to check that. And then another thing I recommended for that specific situation to my client was that they create a dummy code that is the default for everything they do. Like in my practice, this is called the don't provider, meaning like don't select this, select something else. So if they take a payment, if they do a procedure, it's going to default to the don't provider. They'll have to click on this pull down menu and they'll have to put the right doctor in there. Now, if they don't, if they don't change it from don't, we can run a report at the end of the week. Anything billed or collected under don't means that the person didn't select a doctor. And that means that somebody needs to fix that. So four areas that systems aren't followed. One, lack of team participation. Two, lack of clarity or understanding. Three, the system's why has not been identified. Or four, no tracking or accountability. So I hope that's helpful. If you guys are having issues at your practice and you want to you know, troubleshoot some stuff with me, go to dentalpracticeheroes.com, click on the coaching tab, set up a coaching call with me an a la carte coaching call. You don't need to sign up for any sort of plan or anything like that. We can just do one one hour call and we can sort through some things. I've been doing quite a bit of these and I feel like they're really helpful for people who don't want to commit to a coaching program. And if you want to set up a coaching call with one of my leads, that's cool too. You can do that from the website as well. All right, everybody have a great week and we will talk to you next time.